413. Ruth, chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in who, whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in the field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman, foreman of his harvesters, Whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from now, from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gleans among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She, she added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth, the Moabitess, said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. 
So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Thus ends our reading of God's salvific word. May all who hear it discover that their God is softening their own hearts through his abundance of kindness. Well, for the past five years, each and every Sunday, I have listened to, written down, and prayed for each prayer request during our joys and our concerns. And if there is anything that I have learned from this experience, it's that we have all at one time or another experienced pain or suffering or disappointment. But what I've also learned is that disappointment doesn't have the final say. For, for I have witnessed stories of healing, stories of justice, stories of salvation. And there have been these sweet triumphs of, of God's redeeming work that has been displayed in the lives of each and every one of you. But it can be easy for us to, to, to get caught up on just one side of the equation. You know, if we were balancing a ledger and we had all the, all the bad over here and the, and the good over here, sometimes we get focused on this side of the equation, the side of hurt, the, the side of regret, the side of misery. And this can be particularly true when we're in the midst of it, Right? And that is where Naomi was at. This poor and worn out widow who had lost everything, everything that she held dear. She was burdened with a bitter heart. And yet in our story for today, we, we, we see a shifting of the tide as we witness God's goodness and his hesed love displayed in abundance. But would that be enough to turn Naomi back to him? Would, would the kindness of our Lord be able to break through and soften a bitter heart? We are now in our third week of this incredible story called Ruth. A tale that highlights three things about God. First, there is God's providence. How, how he works out his good purposes through the ordinary and everyday affairs of this life. Second, there is God's hesed love, a love that demonstrates both his covenant faithfulness as well as his concern towards his people. And finally, there is God's redeeming work, how he takes the fallen, the, the, the broken, and even the dead, and restores unto them both life and dignity. And if you recall, it was really last week that we started to get to know our characters well. First, there was Naomi, the, the one who drives our story forward, who, who was this destitute woman that was stuck in a foreign land, a, a woman who not only lost her husband, but her two sons as well. And if you remember, she had just traveled back to her hometown of Bethlehem. The famine that had caused them to leave in the first place was now over, and there was really no reason for her to stay in Moab. And, and yet... 
Yet for Naomi, this homecoming would not be a joyous occasion. For she was filled with bitterness. Bitterness toward God Almighty. For in her eyes, all of her misery, all of her pain, all all of her anguish had been brought about according to the will of God. But if you also remember, Naomi wasn't alone. For she had a daughter-in-law named Ruth. This Moabite woman who, who made the journey with her. And even though she too was a widow, she didn't allow the tragedy of her husband's death to consume her. Instead, she, she focused her energy uh, on the woman whom she loved, on Naomi. She was determined to be faithful to her mother-in-law, to remain by her side, even though it might cost her her own future hope of finding another husband. In many ways, Ruth was God's servant sent to Naomi in order to look after this woman and to demonstrate his Hesed love. But the question still remains, would Naomi see what God is doing? Would would she be able to witness and open up her eyes all that Ruth was doing for her? Would she see the good? Would she see the love that God was showing to her through this Moabite woman? Or would she remain bitter? Well, we are about to find out. Look at, look at our first few verses. Look at verses 1 through 3. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Limelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. These first three verses really set the stage for what is about to come. And it is here that we are introduced to a new character, this man named Boaz. And our author, he he points out to us that, that he was a relative of Elimelech, Naomi's dead husband. But not only that, but, but, but he was also a man of standing. In other words, he was a leader in that community. A man who would have power. A man who would have had wealth. A man who would have had the trust of the people. And the fact that this, that this man's name was Boaz, I, I find very fitting. For Boaz literally means in him is strength. He was a strong man. But in contrast to the strong man, we we have both Naomi and Ruth. These these destitute women who had nothing. They were the epitome of weakness. And Ruth wasn't even an Israelite. She was a foreigner. She was the lowest of the low in the land. A poor Moabite widow with nothing to offer. And yet, Ruth was a determined woman. 
Even though her mother-in-law was burdened by the bitterness in her heart towards God, she had decided to go out into the fields and pick whatever leftover grain that she could find. In her gritty determination, she was going to make sure that both her and her mother-in-law would eat that night. Now, this practice of, of picking up the leftover grain was what was commonly known as gleaning. This is what we read about in our first scripture reading. Look at Deuteronomy 24, verse 19 again. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Let me paint you a picture of what this would look like. Being that it was the start of the barley harvest, uh, the reapers would have been out in the fields. And the way they would reap is, is they would grab the stalks, let's say this was a stalk, they'd grab it with the left hand and then, and then cut it off with a sickle in the right. And then they would gather it in their arms. And once their arms were filled, they would then leave the, the, the sheaf on, onto the ground in a, in, a, in a small little bundle for the maid servants who were following they, in turn, would then tie them up. But those who were poor, the aliens, the fatherless, the widows, they would then follow after these maidservants, looking for any ears of grain that were already cut and yet had accidentally dropped to the ground. These were the gleanings, and these were fair game. Suffice it to say, gleaning was a hard way to live. For most of the time, there would be very little left, particularly if, if the reapers were proficient at their job. And yet for some, gleaning was, was all they had. And this was God's way of taking care of them. I mean, after all, we, we just read it. He was the one who, who authorized this system in the first place. And when you think about it, these, these landowners... They, they really couldn't say no, no to anyone who wanted to glean in their fields. For it was not they who truly owned the land, was it? God is the one who owns all the land, and he was just lending it to them. And, and so the fact that, that gleaning was even an option for these women, it, it was simply because of the Hesed love prepared long in advance by Yahweh. You see, God was thinking about Ruth. God was thinking about Naomi hundreds of years prior when he had Moses write down these words. And so Ruth went out to glean. And it just happened that the place she ended up at was the field of Boaz this relative of Elimelech, the dead husband of Naomi. Was this a coincidence? Was it an accident? Let's find out. Look at, look at verses 4 through 7. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman, young woman is that? The foreman replied, She is a Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. 
She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Boaz has now arrived on the scene, and, and he's there most likely to inspect his harvest. But as he arrives, he, he saw this Moabite woman who was gleaning in his field. And so the first thing he did was to go to his foreman and ask about her. Whose young woman is that? He had no clue who this gleaner was. But, but he could tell that, that she really didn't belong. And, and so his foreman explained to him, Oh, she's the Moabitess, the, the one who had come, come to Bethlehem with Naomi. But that's not all the, the foreman expressed. For, for he then went on to describe his first impressions of this woman. For one, Ruth had asked for permission to glean. Now this was something that she did not have to do. According to Israel law, gleaners could just go into any field they wanted. Remember, this is God's land, and gleaners are welcome. And, and yet Ruth, she, she makes a special request. She wanted to glean between the sheaves behind the harvesters. This meant that she would be in front of the maidservants before they would tie up their bundles. You see, Ruth knew that, that there would hardly be anything left once these maidservants bundled everything up. And so she posed this, this bold but industrious question. Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. Now most likely the foreman did not allow her to do this as this was not the common practice. Plus it was not his decision to make anyways. And yet in this question we see the courage of Ruth. Now, the second thing that this foreman said about this Moabite woman was that, that she had been in the fields all morning with only a short rest. In other words, what we also see about Ruth is that she was a very, very hard worker. She was willing to, to put in the sweat needed to feed both herself and her mother-in-law. Well... Now that Boaz understood who this woman was, the question that we must ask is this. How would he respond to this woman? Would he be kind to her? Would he show her mercy? Or would he be cruel? It's really in our next verse where, that we get our first peek into what kind of man Boaz really is. This man of strength. This man of wealth. How would he treat this foreign woman who had been gleaning in his fields? Look at verse 8. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. My daughter, listen to me. You can almost feel the, the, the tenderness in this man's voice. He, he didn't call her a Moabite like the foreman did. He, he didn't use any racial slur. He didn't even call her a woman. But he called her daughter. This 
was a term of endearment. It was a term of familiarity, a term of acceptance. Boaz, he, he didn't see Ruth as some, some foreigner, but he saw her as an Israelite daughter. But there's more. For, for then he instructs her not to go into anyone else's field. You see, most gleaners would, would, would go from field to field to field in order to gain a larger harvest for themselves. And yet for a foreign woman, that would have been a dangerous thing to do. For not every owner was going to be as kind as Boaz. In fact, there would be some that were out there that would likely mistreat Ruth or harm her as they took advantage of her desperate, desperate situation. Boaz was looking to protect Ruth. And this is why he instructed her to remain in his field. It's also why he instructed his men not to lay a hand on her. You see, so long as Ruth was under his, was under his care, she would remain safe. But not only safe, but well-fed. Being among the, the, the servants' girls would, would, would help her guarantee that she would get the best gleanings, as all other gleanings would have to then follow behind her. And finally, Boaz demonstrated his full acceptance of her by allowing her to drink from the water jars. Though she was only a gleaner, this, she would be treated like one of the harvesters. You see, having access to this water would, would greatly increase Ruth's ability to glean. For, for now, she would not have to leave the field in order to go to the, go to the town well when she was thirsty. No. Rather, she could quench her thirst without leaving the property. So what kind of man was this Boaz? He, he was accepting. One who saw Ruth not as a foreigner, but as a daughter. He, he was a protector, making sure that no hand would harm this woman. And he was a provider, allowing her the best of the gleanings and giving her water to drink. But why? Why was he this way? This is the exact question that Ruth wanted to know. Look at verse 10. At this she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have, been, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Though Boaz had never before laid eyes upon Ruth, he knew exactly who she was, for her reputation preceded her. And he was impressed. He, he took notice of the sacrifices that she made, such as leaving her homeland and her family, and all for the sake of Naomi. Plus, she had put her trust in Yahweh, believing that he would look out for her. Perhaps he was reminded of one of his own ancestors. Just as Abraham was once a foreigner in a strange land, Ruth, 
had now taken on a similar fate. Dear friends, though the world may be oblivious to your sacrifices, God notices. He, he notices when you demonstrate that Hesed love to those around you. He, he notices when you, when you put your arm around someone. He, he notices when you pick up that couch, right? And he notices when you put your trust in him by taking a risk to serve your fellow neighbor. Bottom line is this. Boaz saw the kindness and the hesed love that Ruth had for Naomi. And he thought that one good turn deserved another. And so it was his prayer, his cry to the Lord, that, that, that God would repay such kindness. That, that God would bless this woman for the sacrifice that she made. And that because of her faith in, in him, that the Lord would also protect her. Just, just as a mother hen protects her young. This was the prayer of Boaz. And whether he knew it or not, God was already answering that prayer through Boaz's actions. For, for now he was the one who was blessing this woman. And he was the one putting up a hedge of protection around her. How would Ruth respond to such kindness? Look at verse 13. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoke kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. If you remember way at the beginning of the story, Ruth had set out that day looking for someone in whose eyes she would find favor. And the favor was found in the eyes of Boaz. And so she would do all that she could to remain in that favor. For in her mind, it was undeserved favor. For her standing as both a foreigner and a gleaner was less than that of a servant girl. And there was really no compelling reason that she knew of that, that, that Boaz would be so kind. All in all, Ruth was filled with gratitude. For the Lord had guided her to the right field. The Lord had guided her to the right man. He had led her to exactly what she was looking for. But as we'll soon see, this kindness of Boaz, it only grew stronger and stronger as the day progressed. Look at, look at verse 14. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. Now these midday meals were, were the owner's way of showing both gratitude towards his workers and allowing them a reprieve from the hot sun in order that they may regain their strength, that they may go out again in the field the rest of that day. And for Ruth to be invited into this meal, to be welcomed in, that, that would have been something special. I mean, after all, she was only a gleaner. She was not a hired hand. And yet, she was being included into Boaz's inner circle. 
Not only could she drink from the water jars, but now she she was invited to the table to, to break bread as well. Surely she was not deserving of this. And the food was abundant. Her belly was full. She even had leftovers that she could bring home with her. This was far more than she had ever hoped for. And yet, the kindness of Boaz kept increasing and increasing. Look, look at the next verse. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. Once Ruth was out of earshot, Boaz instructed his workers to make sure that her gleanings would be abundant. First, he would allow her to glean between the sheaves. That meant that she could work ahead of the, of the, the maidservants before they tied up these bundles. But, but then he went further, for, for he had instructed his reapers to intentionally, intentionally pull out stalks in order to make sure that Ruth would be able to gather Gather enough both for her and for her mother-in-law, Naomi. I mean, such kindness is unheard of. Well, let's see what this generosity led to. Look at verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. Now, an ephah of barley would have weighed roughly 30 pounds. It was approximately six gallons, enough to fill a large basket. The price of such grain would have been worth about a half month's wages. And all that from one day's gleanings. I mean, this is a startling amount. And it's all because of the kindness of this master of the field named Boaz. Like I said before, whether Boaz knew it or not, he was becoming the answer to his own prayer. That the Lord would repay Ruth, repay her for the the hesed love that she had shown to her mother-in-law. And and the Lord was doing this repaying through this man, Boaz. And our story, it, it could end right here and we would all be very happy. We'd all be very joyous. But such an ending would be premature. For there is one more person with whom God was at work. And that one person's name was Naomi. Look at verse 18. She, being Ruth, carried it back to town. And her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. I have to wonder what was going through the the, the thoughts of this bitter woman as she saw her daughter-in-law carrying this basket full of barley. What a shock this must have been to her. To witness such a reversal of fortune, it must have sent her mind reeling. 
Perhaps, just perhaps, the Lord Almighty wasn't out to get her. Perhaps he, he, he hasn't taken away his hessed love towards me. And we see that, that, that Naomi, she couldn't contain her excitement as she blurted out, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. I can only imagine how much her heart must have been pounding as she gave such a rapid-fire reaction. And I'm sure that Ruth was just as excited, just as thrilled as her mother as she divulged the identity of her benefactor, as she spoke the name of the one who was so kind to her, as she said the word, Boaz. And upon that word, upon the word of Boaz, I'm sure that Naomi's heart, her racing heart just stopped. Boaz? Can it really be Boaz? This, this relative of my dead husband? This one from the clan of Elimelech? Could it really be him? Now Ruth had no idea who this man was. But Naomi did. For look at what she says, says next. Look at, look at verse 20. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Now, I don't know about you, but that sends shivers down my spine. This, this news that, that, that it was Boaz's field from which Ruth gleaned was worth more to Naomi than a thousand ephahs of barley. For he was a kinsman redeemer. And this is why she cried out, the Lord bless him. All of a sudden, Naomi was once again on good terms with her God. She was once again praying to him. But why? Why would she do this? Because that man was a close relative. Because that man was a kinsman redeemer. Remember, Naomi understood God to be El Shaddai. God Almighty. And she knew that, that, that there is nothing that happens in heaven or on earth that is outside of his will. Just as it was God's will that her husband and her two sons die in Moab, it was also God's will that Ruth somehow ended up in the field of Boaz. Naomi saw the hand of God behind all of this. How he had led Ruth to this field for a reason. To Boaz, a kinsman redeemer. Now, we'll talk more about what a kinsman redeemer is in the following weeks, but suffice it to say that, that Boaz was a man who had the power to restore the name of Naomi's dead husband, to restore the name of Elimelech. And this explains Naomi's words. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. This hard heart that Naomi had was beginning to soften. 
But how? How did this woman go from having a bitter heart to suddenly regaining her hope? Well, for one, she had a proper understanding of God's providence, how how he has his hand in the mundane and and little details of life. But, But it's more than just that. For what really changed her was the kindness of her Lord. This Hesed love that, that, that he had demonstrated to this woman through his abundant supply of barley and through his leading Ruth to this generous, generous man, a man who had the ability to rescue her family. Yes, it was God's kindness that, that Naomi was led to repentance. And it only took the span of one day. This, this, my friends, is the power of our God. He can take a heart that has been shattered to pieces and and make it whole again. He can take a heart that's bitter towards him, a heart that has turned to stone, and he can soften it. And he does so through his hesed love, through his acts of redemption. And it's not just Naomi who can experience such a change. For God can do this to any whom he chooses. And he can do this for you as well. Listen, when I I began this sermon, I I talked about an equation where on one side is all our suffering and where on the other side is, is our victories that we see from God. Here's the thing about this equation. There's not an equal sign in the middle. No. There's a greater than sign. For for every hurt that you go through, God pours out his grace tenfold. For every failure, for every loss, God demonstrates his kindness and his hesed love so much more. And he does so in order to woo your heart. For he cares for you very, very deeply. And, And he doesn't want you to remain in your bitterness. And there's no greater way that he has demonstrated his love for you than by by sending his own son, the true strong man, Jesus Christ. For as much as Boaz was willing to accept the foreigner, how much more does Jesus accept you? For as much as Boaz was willing to protect Ruth, how much more does Jesus rescue you from your enemies? For as much as Boaz was was willing to give abundantly, how much more does Jesus give to you his broken body and his shed blood? And as for as much as Boaz represented redemption, redemption for Naomi's family, how much more of a redeemer is Jesus Christ towards you? It is at the cross, through the, through the sacrifice that he made, when he died for your sins, that, that you will discover all these blessings. For it is at the feet of Jesus that, that, like Ruth, you can find acceptance. It is at the feet of Jesus that, like Ruth, you can find a protector. It is at the feet of Jesus that, that just like Ruth, you can find abundance. And it is at the feet of Jesus that, like Ruth, you will find your Redeemer.
this story. There's so much to it. But it is a picture of your Lord. It is a picture of what he has done for you. Let us pray. Father, we confess to you today that like, just like Ruth, we are, we are just lowly foreigners. We are, we are needy. We are at the mercy of your goodness. We, we are like the orphan. We are, we are like the widow. On our own, we, we cannot make it. And that is why we are so, so thankful for the grace that you have shown to us. Shown to us through your Son. And we ask now that, that you would soften our hearts as we look to the cross. This can only be done through the working of your Holy Spirit. So open up our eyes. Open up our eyes to your kindness, to the kindness that is all around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.